Amen. We are blessed to have those children. Whether you, <laughs> I almost said whether you belong, whether they belong to you, you belong to them, <laughs> one or multiple, or you just get to be a part of the body that God chose to raise them. We're blessed for that. Amen. I've asked uh, Brother Ethan Hart to share with us some scripture, minister to us, and uh, we just want the Lord to have his way. Amen. Amen. Can we just pray one more time before we start here? Jesus, mighty God, Lord, we know you are here already in the things that you've begun to do. Lord, I pray that you would prepare every heart and every spirit to receive your word today. I pray the word of God would go forth as you desire it to, that we would simply be obedient in sending it forth today. God, that seed would be planted in our hearts and we would receive it in Jesus' mighty name. God, what you intend to do, nothing else. In Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, Brother Flowers referred to the song we just sang you know, multiple times uh, about heal every heart that is broken. And this morning he messaged me in to open t- or to speak today, and I just I had no idea what I was going to talk about. Nothing came to me right away. Normally when I get asked that, I usually have a thought, but just there was nothing. And so I woke up kind of late, and so I came straight to the church this morning, and uh, I just felt the Lord speaking to me about faith and putting into action the faith that we have and uh, and then singing this song just the way it connected to what I felt the Lord speaking to me about. Um, if we could turn to James chapter 2. It's amazing the way God connects so many things. Um, normally when on a day like today when I don't really feel anything when I'm asked that I usually go to Proverbs. Um, there's 31 chapters in Proverbs, so usually like on the first of the month, read Proverbs 1 and so on. So today I went to Proverbs 21 and then just read on for a little bit and ended up in Proverbs 24 and uh, connected to James 2 as well. Um, so if we could read James 2, chapter four, or verse 14. Uh, it says, what, what doth it profit, my brethren, though a man say he hath faith and have not works? Can faith save him? If a brother or sister be naked and destitute of daily food, and one of you say unto them, Depart in peace, be ye warmed and filled, notwithstanding, ye give them not those things which are needful to the body, what doth it profit? Even so faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. Obviously the wording of, that can be kind of confusing, being in the King James, but it's basically saying, you know, if you see that a brother or sister needs something, and you have the ability to provide them with what they need, and you choose not to give it to them, but you tell them to basically go do what they need, then what's, what's the point of that? You believe it can be done, and you have the ability to help them. So it's, it's telling you to, to do that. Uh, and so 17, even so, faith, if it hath not works, is dead, being alone. And continuing on in verse 18, Yea, a man may say, Thou hast faith, and I have works. Show me thy faith without thy works, and I will show thee my faith by my works. Thou believest that there is one God, Thou doest well. The devils also believe and tremble. But wilt thou know, O vain man, that faith without works is dead? Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he had offered Isaac his son upon the altar? Seest thou how faith wrought with his works, and by works was faith made perfect? 
And the scripture was fulfilled, which saith, Abraham believed God, and it was imputed unto him for righteousness, and he was called the friend of God. Ye see then how that by works a man is justified, and not by faith only. Likewise also was not Rahab the harlot justified by works, when she had received the messengers and had sent them out another way? For as the body without the spirit is dead, so faith without works is dead also. With Abraham, he, God asked him to sacrifice Isaac, his only son, the son that Abraham went out of his way to try and create the promised child that God promised to him. And uh, God asked him to sacrifice him. And when they're walking up the mountain, Isaac asks Abraham, you know, where's the sacrifice? We have the fire. We have the things to build the altar. But where's the sacrifice? And, and then you see Abraham's faith operate because he says God will offer himself a sacrifice. And right there, that's the faith showing. And he could have turned around and walked off and, but not acted on what God told him to do. The full process was him going up to the top of that mountain, building the altar, laying Isaac on it, and getting ready to sacrifice him. You can have faith for something, but you have to fully act on it. God didn't ask Abraham to have faith for it. God asked Abraham to do it, and so he did. And what I want to connect this to is just the people around us. Uh, So often we can be going throughout the day and I'll see somebody maybe at work and my heart will just go out to them and I'll just feel the need to pray with them and just something about them. I just feel the Lord speaking to me and I feel like it's so easy to just let it pass by and we can have faith to, you know, we believe God can save anyone. I believe that. But if we don't act on it, then what if we were that person that was supposed to reach them? What if we were that one connection? And in that song where it says, heal every heart that is broken, yes, we can believe God heals hearts. And I do fully believe it. I believe he's healed hearts today and will continue to. But if we see somebody and we feel the drawing of the Holy Ghost to them and for their heart and we feel God speaking to us to pray for them, we can have faith that their heart will be healed. But if we don't act on it, if we don't have faith and actually do it, then their heart may not be healed when God wanted it to. If we go to, get to the verse up here. If we go to Proverbs chapter 24, it speaks of, basically of judging people. I feel like we're pretty good about doing that, at least I am, which isn't a good thing. If we start at verse 11, says, if thou forbear to deliver them that are drawn unto death and those that are ready to be slain. Again, that's kind of the same thing we read in James where it's if you see somebody is about to be going to death basically and you are able to do something about it, why would you not? Continue, it says, if thou sayest, behold, we knew it not. Doth not he that pondereth the heart consider it? And he that keepeth thy soul, doth not he know it? And shall not he render to every man according to his works? Skipping on down to verse 17. Rejoice not when thine enemy falleth, and let not thine heart be glad when he stumbleth, lest the Lord see it and is displease him, and he turn away his wrath from him. Obviously, we're called to be separate unto God, separate from the world unto God. And so, you know, there's a distinct difference um, because of the Holy Ghost that's in us. You know, it has separated us and... But it's so easy to see somebody who is in the same situation that we were once in. And it's so quick to just look at that and begin to see all the faults and all the problems. And 
and this is basically telling you that you can't be doing that. God, he, he will do that. That's his place to do. He's called us to, if we see that person, if we see that need and we are able to do something about it, we have to do it. No matter what they be, it says, rejoice not when thine enemy falleth. I mean, if we do that, that's, that's hypocritical of us to, to see somebody and then stumble and fail and us judge them when we have been brought out of the same thing that others are in. And just when I, as many of you know, I was in Japan and I mentioned and talked about the faith that was operated there and um, praying for people. And um, as a matter of fact, the first day when I was back, we were in a value village and um, this man asked me to help him put on a suit jacket he was trying on because he had a, um, a cast on his arm. And so I helped him put it on and he just began talking to me about his arm and the problem. And um, just in that moment, I just, I just felt the need to pray for him. Um, I didn't know whether God wanted to heal him or if God just wanted me to pray for him for him to feel the Holy Ghost. And so that's what I did. And um, the man thanked me and we went our separate ways. And when I went over and talked to my brother, he told me, he was like, you know, I kind of felt the same thing to pray for that guy. And when I first saw him and so it's just acting on that faith. Like I said, I don't know what, what God wanted to do with that, but I believe completely that I was just being obedient to God and Whatever he does with it, I'm going to trust him to do. And it's, you could see that and think, well, I don't, I don't want to pray for this guy's arm. What if it doesn't get healed? You know, like, that's, that's embarrassing. What if it doesn't get healed? But that's, that's not our place to worry. Our place is to simply act on it. When we see somebody who has a need, we have to obey the Holy Ghost. Because I've thought about it so many times that there may be an opportunity where we are that one person that is supposed to reach somebody. And if we miss that opportunity, who knows what will happen to that soul. We just have to be obedient and act on that faith. If we could just pray one more time. Jesus, mighty God. Lord, I pray not only that we have this faith in us, but that we be obedient to you. God, I want to submit to you and to your authority, Lord, not operating in my flesh. God, but by your spirit, by your anointing, Lord, all the glory be lifted to you. God, that there is nothing I can do on my own. God, I can't be concerned with the outcome. I simply have to let it go unto you for you to have your way, Jesus. The doors that you open, I want to walk through, God, and not stand back and let opportunities pass me by. Man, can we just stay here a little bit longer? Just let the Lord speak to you. Let the Lord put faith into you and boldness into you. Ask him for boldness today. God, I receive your boldness. God, to act in it in Jesus' name. In Jesus' mighty name, He toreye arabasonorolobokoti arabasa. Hiro rokonde eresi arabasonoroko. Man, just throughout the days, when you see an opportunity like that, I mean, we have Jesus Christ with us. We have the Holy Spirit in us. And Scripture says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world. So there's nothing to fear. There's nothing to be embarrassed about. We just have to go in boldness and in faith and act on that faith. And you can feel a, 
drawing of the spirit. Uh, last week, there was a moment where I just, I just felt this aching in me, like I was missing something. And as I began to look at my life and try and figure out what was going on, I just realized how much I'd been feeding my flesh and just um, how easy it is to do that. And so I began to feel this aching and this conviction. And, and just so in that moment, I just went and I just closed myself away and just began to read my Bible and just the gentleness of the Holy Ghost, the way it began to speak to me and began to help that aching in me. It's, it's not difficult to obey God. Sometimes the things that he asks of us are never easy or comfortable, but it's not difficult to obey him. And he's, he's willing to use you. He's willing to speak to you. He's ready to. We just have to act when we feel that drawing, whether it be in our own closet, whether it be where we're separate just by ourselves, whether it be out in the open when God asks us to pray for somebody, when God uh, asks us to act in faith. And so we could just take that with us and keep that in our prayers and just be obedient to it. So. That which is born of the flesh is flesh. That which is born of the spirit is what? <laughs> is spirit. Where something originates, that's what that really means. If it originates in the flesh, it's flesh. If it originates in the spirit, it's spirit. One of those verses that, that Brother Ethan read in James 2 and 26, it says, even as the body without the spirit is dead. The body without the spirit is dead. Now, that's interesting because we're not dead here and they're not dead out there. With those of us that have the Holy Ghost in us and those that don't. <coughs> A living being is alive. But the body, the, the spirit that, that's in there is what will quicken that body to do something. <clears throat> if it's born of the flesh, flesh quickens that, then the work that they're going to do is a fleshly work. If it's born of the spirit, it's a spiritual work. Look at Mark chapter 9, if you will. I, wanna, I want to show you this short little passage of something that takes place with Jesus and his disciples. Mark chapter 9, and I'm going to start at verse 38. Remember everything that Brother Ethan just said as you read this passage. Mark 9 and 38, and John answered him, saying, Master, we saw one casting out devils in thy name, <clears throat> and he followeth not us. So John comes to Jesus and says, we are over here doing our thing, following you. Part of what you do and part of what we do is we cast out devils. Now, we saw somebody doing that, but he wasn't following us. He wasn't with us. 
It says, and we forbade him because he followeth not us. We didn't allow him to continue doing that. We told him to stop it because he wasn't following us. Verse 39, but Jesus said, forbid him not. You shouldn't have done that. Isn't it great to just be told straight out you're wrong? (laughs) Forbid him not. Why? For there is no man which shall do a miracle in my name that can lightly speak evil of me. That man, now, as I was just thinking about this just now and and, and thinking of these scriptures, I don't know why this didn't connect before, but the Holy Ghost was not indwelling individuals at this point. It's interesting because we're talking in the New Testament, but we're in Mark before Jesus had died, before the day of Pentecost and before all that, okay? So keep that in mind as we're talking about this. Jesus said, we're looking on his works, what that man did and is doing. The works that he's doing are good works. He's casting out devils, and he's doing it in my name. Sounds good, right? The disciples didn't like it because it didn't come their way. It didn't come through the method that Jesus had been showing them. Clearly, this guy, he's not one of us. So how can he be doing the work of us that we're we're supposed to be doing? He's doing my job. Jesus says, forbade him not. When he says here, he can lightly speak... Uh, if they do a miracle in my name, they can lightly speak evil of me, meaning it's not going to happen. They're not going to turn around and cast out a devil in my name and then turn around and speak evil of me and, and, and curse my name, speak evil of me. So as long as he's, what he's doing is he's doing it in my name, I'm okay with that. What he's doing. Look at the work. Look at the the result that his work is producing. He's casting out devils in my name. Now, some of you probably know that this could be thought of as a setup. We we talked all about this last week, if you remember, uh, between Elder Hart and myself. We we kept referring back to the passage that said, uh, it's it's the parable of Jesus when he says, On that day, many will say, In your name... Thank you, Brother Bless. In your name, we cast out devils. In your name, we did all these mighty, wonderful works. And then we know that at the end of that, Jesus says, depart from me, I never knew you. Okay, so it's kind of like we got, we got opposite sides of the picture, of the spectrum here. We got this guy who's not a follower of Jesus. He's not one of his disciples, as the disciples know him, but he's over here casting out devils in Jesus' name. And Jesus says, it's okay. Don't tell him to stop. What he's doing is okay. And then in the other passage, he, he, what it says is, 
in that instance, they're talking about false prophets. False prophets that said, in your name we cast out devils and did all these works. And that's when he says, I never knew you. You're a worker of iniquity. That iniquity that you're working, you're doing that in your own self. It's produced through you, your thoughts, your abilities. In other words, it's born of the flesh. And then even I'll take it a step further because as the scripture in James said, the body without the spirit is dead. There's got to be some, if that's a spiritual, well, I think we all would agree. Casting out a devil is a spiritual thing, right? I mean, I don't know anybody that's going to wake up and not want to be 100% full of the spirit if they know they've got a devil to cast out on their list to do that day. But it being a spiritual work and the fact that a false prophet could come before the Lord and say, I cast out a devil. The Lord did not say, no, you didn't. None of those works were verifiable. That wasn't a true miracle. That person wasn't really. He didn't do that. Didn't go down that list. He, in fact, what he says is, you did that through iniquity. Through your own will. It's a, if it's a spiritual work and there's a spirit driving that work, it's really, it's either, either a, a pure spirit or an impure spirit. You see what I'm getting at? We, you, you can accomplish things and you got to be careful when you start going down this list of, I want to be a spiritual person. I care about the spirit and I want to see spiritual things all the time. Not me. You know what I want to see? I want to see what the Lord wants me to see. When he wants me to see it, how he wants me to see it. And that's it. That's it. If he chooses to never allow me to see this type of miracle performed, I'm good with that. Because I could very... I'll give you the example. Brother Ethan came back from Japan talking about healings, physical healings that took place there. If I said, man, I have always wanted to see a physical healing, I'm going to look for a ticket to Japan. Tell me that, that street address where you were. I want to know where that happened, and I'm going to go there so I can watch for it and see it. If that's not a spiritual thing, if it's born in my flesh then I better be really careful when I get there and I actually see or hear of a miracle. If I, sh I mean, none, none of us would do this. So it's like, okay, but you, this is the dry, this is the point that I'm getting at. If it's not born of his spirit, I don't want any part of it. So Jesus says here to the, to the disciples, forbid him not. Verse 40, this is a key. This passage, I'll, I'll, be, I'll, I'll use this phrase. It's been one of those that's been stuck in my crawl. And I don't even know what that means. I just know that it's the case. <laughs> the problem is, you hear somebody use a scripture that you maybe are not completely sure exactly what that scripture means, but you know they're using it the wrong way. It's going to get stuck in your crawl. And that's not, there's something not right about what you said and how you said this verse. But that, that can't be true. But you can't come back and say, well, the, the Bible's not true. No, that's not the case. We know the Bible's true. 
But to hear this, uh, uh, John 3.16 is the big one, okay? God so loved the world, he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believeth on him shall be saved. Okay, so then they use that and they say, well, you just got to believe on the Lord and you're saved. That's not true, and I know it's not true, and I've got Bible to back it up. But if I hear somebody say verse 40 incorrectly, it's going to produce that same kind of thing. Verse 40 says, he that is not against us is on our part. Or another, another in Luke, I believe it says, he that's not with us is for us. And I would, if I was sitting there that day looking at Jesus when he said those words, I would probably give him some type of stare of unknowing, are you sure, kind of a stare. You just said, if he's not against us, then he's on our part. If that man, you don't know, you don't know the man. We don't know. We've never seen him before. We can't verify. We don't know his background. We don't know if he's, if he's a false prophet. We don't know any of that. And Jesus says, is he working against me? Well, no, not really. What he was doing was actually casting out devils in your name. Oh, so he wasn't working against me. No, he was kind of doing the same job, you know, that, that we do, that, that you do, that you've taught us to do. And he says, he's on our part. He's on our side. He's on our team. Whatever phrase you want to use for that. If he's not working against me. Now, that, you can't take all this and say, well, it's before the Holy Ghost was poured out, so scrap it. No, the Bible doesn't work that way. But what we've got now is the Holy Ghost, that spirit, the thing that caused Jesus the man to say, if he's not against me, he's for me, then I've got that spirit in me. And now I get to say, I, I, I get to just observe this and take it to the Lord and the Holy Ghost in my spirit. This is why we need the Holy Ghost. The, the Holy Ghost will get you through. It will give you understanding it will give you discernment in such a way that you will not have without it. So if I see a situation and I think, Lord, I don't know if that's good or not. I mean, I know the, the work that they're doing is good, but he's not following you. She's not follow, They're not one of us. Then I've got to let this run through the word and my spirit and say, are they against him? Are they, or are they for him. I want to show you this passage. One more, one more uh, verse, verse 41. For whosoever shall give you a cup of water to drink in my name, because you belong to Christ, verily I say unto you, he shall not lose his reward. Look at 1 Corinthians chapter 12. If you were here on Wednesday night, Bishop ministered from this passage talking about the spiritual gifts. And he's, he particularly talked about the gift of the word of knowledge. But so this is, this is the beginning part of that, that chapter. Where this really, I, I'll be honest with you. The verse that I felt the Lord give me 
in, in regards to this thought and, and today is the scripture in Galatians that says, if a man is caught, if a man is overtaken in a fault, ye who are spiritual, restore such a one in meekness. But it says, you who are spiritual. So I don't know about you, but I, I'd like to think that I myself am a part of that spiritual. Ye who are spiritual. I, I would be able to restore my brother in meekness and, and let the Lord continue to work on him. I want that. But if you want to know what does it mean to be one of those who are spiritual, that's what we're talking about today. Ye who are spiritual. And I'm going to go back in as many times as I have to to James chapter 2, verse 26. The body without the spirit is dead. My faith without my works is dead. It's the spirit that produces those works. Now here, uh, 1 Corinthians 12, verse 1, it says, Now concerning spiritual gifts. And I'm going to be honest with you. If you've got a King James version, like most of us, the word gifts is in italics, the font italics. What that means is when they were translating this Bible into English, they added that word gifts. I'm not going to say they were, they were outside the Holy Ghost to do it. They added it there for clarity and for understanding. But it means if you take out that word, you still get the exact same meaning of the verse. So if you just said concerning the spiritual. Concerning things of a spiritual nature. This is what we're talking about. Concerning the spiritual gifts Brethren, I would not have you be ignorant. Ye know that ye were Gentiles, carried away unto these dumb idols, even as you were led. Wherefore, I give you to understand. Watch this. I give you to understand that no man, speaking by the Spirit of God, calleth Jesus accursed. If you're, if you're speaking through the Spirit, by the Spirit, you're not going to curse Jesus. I read that and I thought, that's what Jesus was telling his disciples when he said, this man that's casting out the devil is not going to go away, turn easily, and curse me. Speak evil of me. So it is a, it is a pure spiritual work that that man is doing because it's produced by the Spirit of God. See, the, the Scripture says, Know them that labor among you. If you really want to know the works that somebody's doing, are they doing it through the, the Spirit of God? Or is this some kind of other invalid spiritual work? You've got to know that person. You've got to know them, you've got to know them well enough to know would they ever turn around and curse Jesus? Would they ever turn around and 
after doing this spiritual work, then I'm telling you, doing this, observing, observing with your spirit. We say it often, listen with your spirit. That's not just while you're sitting here and someone's got the microphone and is teaching or preaching. This is always, all the time. Listen with your spirit. Observe with your spirit. And in doing so, you gain understanding like this. And you know they're not hurting anybody. Or that's a pretty harmful type of communication. I mean, yeah, the work that's taking place is is what we'd like to see, but what's, go, how, what's the vessel? What's going on through that? And how is that taking place? And in doing so, you're using your spiritual gift, the spirit. No man can say that Jesus is the Lord, but by the Holy Ghost. Hebrews chapter 11, verse 6. I'm going to end here. Hebrews 11 and 6. This scripture says, but without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he that cometh to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of them that diligently seek him. God exists outside of us, our thoughts, our preconceived ideas of him. That's just who he is. If you're going to come to God, you have to start with the belief in mind that he is God. If, you don't, if you're not at that point, then I don't know why you're even going to come to God. Why are you going to seek him? If you don't believe that he exists, if you don't believe that he will reward you for seeking him. So it's kind of a, a, a rhetorical statement here. If you're going to come to God, he's there. And you're going to him to get something from him. He's going to reward those that diligently seek him. But inherent in that is the confession that God is above me, higher than me, greater than me. We don't, it doesn't work in reverse. I've got everything good, my life. It's all good. It's going according to plan. Now, I'll just see if, if, if those Christians are right and if God's really God. And, and I'll go down there and see if he's, if he's got it going on and that's good. If not, no, I'll just return to It doesn't work that way. You, re, you, you start with the confession. You are God. You seek him. Here, here's where I want to do. Here, here's, here's what I'm trying to get to, the, to the understanding. In that passage, and when, in talking about people that do works, with my, under, with my spiritual discernment, Scripture says, I'm not going to take the time to read it, but Scripture says 
My sheep hear my voice. And then he says, other sheep have I who are not a part of this fold. Now, if I was just trying to make sense of that in my own mind, in my own flesh, I would have a hard time with that. Because I would think, okay, who are those sheep? And how come they're not a part of this flock? You know, what's special about them? Trying to, trying to understand that in your mind. And then you get, here, here's the problem. We, we are told through scripture, hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one. And everything stems off of that. And, and I've got to confess that he is the one. And I've got to love him. I've got to serve him. And you're going to take all of that and flip it upside down and say, yeah, but there's this other group too. But he says in that passage, I will, I shall, it's a future tense, I shall have one fold. I will bring them. They will hear my voice. There will be one fold. This is, the, this is a work that he is doing in this time and will continue to do until the end of time because he's placed all things in his hand according to his time. Where I get in trouble is if I start to look off and think, good sheep, bad sheep, good sheep, bad sheep, good sheep, bad sheep. A part of the fold, not a part of the fold. A part of the fold, definitely not a part of the fold. And in doing so, I'm getting, I'm getting off track. I, I'm not thinking the right way about who he is. Because he is the shepherd. And he's going to call all of his sheep to him when and how he chooses. That's why I've got to start with believing he is God. Confessing he is God. And in doing so, you can do whatever you want. However you want, with whomever you want. That is my faith. My faith is he is God, he can do what he wants. Now my actions, my works are, what do you want me to do? What are you going to do through me? If I've got the faith, as it's said here, he's God, he can do whatever he wants, but I don't have the actions that prove, well, yeah, he can do whatever he wants with Brother Ethan. That's great. All for that. He can do whatever he wants with Brother Reuben. Awesome. Amen to that. He can use Brother Lewis. He can use Brother Rigo. And that's awesome. That's, that's, that's not my actions. That's my faith. But I know this is, this is exactly what was said last week. Why don't you stand with me? The Lord is speaking this so directly, so clearly, that we need to hear this. We need to heed this. Because what he's saying is, I want to see your works. I want to see your Faith. We've worshipped him. 
We, we've sought him, prayed to him, even confessed to him. What he's wanting to see is our works, our faith in action. encourage you to pray to the Lord right now. We've got to let him lead us. If we're not letting him lead us, it's a life of iniquity. God, I don't want to live a life of iniquity. I don't want to live a life according to my own will, according to my own plans and thoughts. I want to be led by you. I want your spirit to produce produce your spiritual works in me. I need your spirit, Lord. I can do nothing without your spirit. I can do nothing without your spirit. My desire is to please you. Come on, I believe he's speaking to hearts right now. He's speaking to our hearts right now. My desire is to please you, Lord Jesus. My desire is to seek you daily, that I may find you, that I may walk with you in relationship, in fellowship with you. The invitation today is to fellowship with the Lord. To fellowship in honesty and fullness with Him. In the name of Jesus. Come on, I don't want this to just be another day, another Sunday that we come into his presence, hear his word and feel his spirit, and then leave and go about our own time, our own day. Spirit of truth prevail here today. Spirit of truth prevail. In the name of Jesus, let your word be true, O God. In the name of Jesus, we want to walk with you, Lord. We want to walk with you, Lord Jesus. Come on, let's find a place to pray together in Jesus.
Greet one another in Jesus' name.